Hyman Black at Kramer PR headquarters and Do 312 headquarters in Logan Square. And I am here with David Beltran, AKA Star Fox, about nine months after we've been trying to lock in an interview. It hasn't been that long, but you and I have been playing email tag for, for weeks now. So I'm really happy that we're able to finally sit down, man. And, and welcome to the podcast. Somehow, all the times our paths have crossed, this is the first time we've actually had you on mic. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Here to answer anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's AMA, Star Fox AMA on Dynasty Podcasts. So you're having, I think, a really busy year is what it looks like from the outside looking in. Is that the case? Uh, pretty much. I was able to lock in a record deal and uh, still working with Field Trip trying to put out records this year. So it's been like every week something new is popping up or a new project. Well, I'm seeing, yeah, I'm seeing like the Field Trip feed in like my Twitter feed, like, um, you know, like my Facebook feed rather, almost every day. Different things going on that you guys are involved with. So it always looks like there's, it's a busy house, even if you guys don't have the proper, you know, venue anymore. Yeah, I think just from the from the venue that we had, like having all those shows and then building our audience, even after we lost the venue, they were still able to, like, you know, through social media, internet, and whatever it is, word of mouth, we're still able to reach out to them, still do events. So even though we don't have a home right now, we're still able to, you know, get our product or get whatever it is that we're doing to them. It just works fine, I guess. You know, and Field Trip has always been kind of a multifaceted operation. It's been a venue in the, you know, kind of far south loop for a long time. It's been a label. It's been kind of this collective, I think, for, you know, is that kind of the best word you would, you know, attribute to it? Or Yeah, an artist collective probably is the best way to put it. Yeah. You know, it's like a, a different group. Well, we're all friends to begin with, but, you know, our art, our music, everything we do comes from different backgrounds, different genres, and... You know, we all went to different schools, but we kind of had the same vision was just to consolidate all our ideas under, like, one big blanket and then, you know, work from there. So we all had the same idea. Maybe aesthetically it wasn't the same. We have different sounds and a different look. But as far as just getting a bigger reach and wanting to work together, that, yeah, totally a collective. You know, is it weird to, you know, because I've, I've been to Field Trip many times. I've seen different bands perform there. And is it kind of strange or interesting to see, you know, like, talent maybe, like, uh, the Orwells, Twin Peaks, who were kind of field trip bands, who had banners there, who were doing this small, crazy, kind of like private venue shows to a small, dedicated group of people who are now like on Letterman or touring the world to kind of see them make that jump. It is crazy because, you know, you run in, when you work with like so many different bands and you go on tours or you do a bunch of shows and you meet everyone, it's hard to say, like, who's going to make it that big jump, you know, because everyone's so talented at that level. You're working with so many different people, and, you know, you still kind of don't know, like, who's going to make that jump, and the Orwells did it at Twin Peaks. is like, on their way there, and it's awesome to see, but, you know, we saw so many great bands there, and some are taking a little bit longer, but I still, you know, totally believe that every one of them, you know, can make it, but it is awesome just to see, like, a band like the Orwells all of a sudden go from, literally, it was, like, three months before they played Letterman, they played at my house, and I remember giving them, like, $60 and some beers, <laughs> like, you know, this is, you know, all we have, guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, totally cool. Yeah, just, you know? yeah, seeing, like, Paul Schaefer I- imitate the Orwells, I was like, I just saw them at field, that's the weirdest, that's got to be a disparate jump, field trip to Letterman, that does not happen. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy though. But I, I run I run into Mario every now and then, and it's kind of funny. We still have that bond. Like, right. oh yeah, you played my house, and you would just come over on like Wednesdays just to hang out, you know. And now you guys are doing big tours, which is awesome. 
So, you know, I want to talk about the music that you're doing in a second, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Field Trip and then we'll move into the next uh, kind of thing that you have going on. But Field Trip, you know, it was a venue. How long was it open as a venue in kind of like the, you know, South Loop outskirts? It was a year and a half, 18 months. It feels like it was much longer, man. It feels like it was like this whole era. I don't know. I can't believe it was only 18 months. That does not seem like as long as it felt. I I, yeah, I know. I think it was just because the very first show that we did was um, we had Munchie play, and he's like a huge DJ. And then I think the second show was Dirty Beaches, which was uh, a Pitchfork after show. And ever since then, like, we never had like a dead period. It was just on right from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it like you said, it lives on online right now. It's a collective, and it's also a label that's always kind of like supporting artists. And you also said off mic that you guys are looking for another venue, like to open another kind of field trip physical space. Is that the case? I think so. Like we always look, we're always looking, you know. Um, just from not having one though right now, we realize that we could still, you know, book shows and, and work with bands still. And Adam has a recording space up uh, in his parents' basement right now. So you're still able to work. We're still able to do it. it. It's just kind of a little bit more inconvenient not being able to, you know, see each other every single day physically. So we would kind of like just want to find a spot where we can, if not do shows, like have studio time and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Still support. Yeah. And, you know, talking about Adam, Adam from Yawn. Yawn have a new record, um, I believe called Love Chills. Uh, you know, did you have any involvement in that? Because I know... Yawn is another band very closely linked to a field trip that you've worked with a great deal, kind of, you know, I'm going to talk to those guys on the podcast, I think, in the very near future. I'm setting that up. So, you know, is there anything that we can connect this podcast to with that where you're like, oh, my God, they did this one thing, and then in two weeks I'm like, yeah, I don't know, Star Fox said, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, Love Chills, they recorded all it, like, in the last couple of months before we got kicked out of our old spot, and it took, like, I don't even know how long it's been, like, a year now, finally, to come out. I forget what label it's coming out on. But it's going to be the first record on that label, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a record. I got a, a copy of it. It's pretty great. They just yeah. did a show at Empty Bottle. I, I made, actually, a poster that had our smoking cat head from the venue. Mm-hmm. And it had, like, tombstones of every band that played at our, at our house. And we sold them over there. Do you have a print of that? I would totally buy a print of that. Oh, so. yeah. I got, like, <laughs> I think, like, 12 more about yeah let's set that up man i'll totally throw you some cash um so let's talk about the things you have going on because obviously it's great to talk about you know uh, seeing alumni from field trip do well talking about the new yuan record but star fox under the name star fox you have this new record it's been out a couple weeks now and it has i know everybody says this to you it has the best title i think of any chicago record of the year it's called baby i'm off drugs and i'm ready to marry you how autobiographical is that title uh, somewhat. It's like one of those half true, this half lie type things, you know? Sure. Clearly, neither of those are true, but the sentiment kind of is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm actually trying to get married or actually trying to quit all the drugs, but the thought counts for yeah. something, right? <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like that, you know? It's um, half true, half fiction, half legend, half myth, one of those <laughs> things. But yeah, the tape cover has a picture of me getting my head shaved at our last show, which is what we did. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> now you know the record I saw. Like, I was surprised. Not in the like. Not that I was shocked that things were happening because you're a really savvy dude. You know how to do DIY, but on a scale like you know how to make it scale. So I saw this record, and it was getting like attention from like Pitchfork and I think like Noisy and some really large, kind of established outlets online. Was that you know how did you 
kind of set that up or did they discover it themselves? Did the name kind of travel or what is the kind of story behind the record breaking through the noise and really kind of hitting the blogosphere for a couple of weeks? All right, let's see how do we tra trace this back. I had self-released a bunch of tapes myself and one of my friends, this guy DJ PayPal. That's an amazing, everything in this is the best name. Yeah. <laughs> um, somehow through like Twitter and someone else, our feed just started like getting retweeted and adding names to it and it eventually ended up on like Donkey Pitch, like on their Twitter. Sure. And then they messaged me back on Twitter saying like, hey, we like your music, you want to release an EP through us? And I said, you know, sure. And then I sent them a bunch of stuff, the EP, well, I thought it was only an EP and they messaged me back like, do you have any more music? I sent them more and they're like, do you want to do an album? I was like, all right, let's do an album. And we pushed it back. I sent them the album and they're like, okay, like, let's go with the album. <laughs> and it was all on Donkey Pitch. They did everything. Uh, they did all the PR, did all the, set up all the interviews. So I didn't have to do any of the heavy lifting that I'm used to, like, you know, hustling on the internet and constantly emailing people back and forth. They did it all for me, which is awesome. You know, what do you attribute that to? Because, you know, you see some people are just comfortable. They're just, if no one's going to do it for them, they're just going to go do it themselves. Some people aren't like that. They're like, well, I don't know. The label didn't want to put it out, so I gave up music. You're obviously not that dude. You're, you've always been like, I'm going to go make a venue myself, make a label myself, build a community myself. What drives that? Kind of what... Where did that start? Like, how old were you? Kind of, how did that happen where you just decided to become the guy who's not waiting on anybody and you're making things happen and, and really, like, still going with it? I think, like, I'm at that, like, perfect age where I knew, like, life before the Internet. And so, like, I was able to function without it. And then when the Internet came, I was also at that perfect age where, like, you're, like, 11, 12, 13, where... This is amazing. Yeah, this is amazing. But you function without it, but you also are, like, now... In the internet, but we also had it where it was like really slow. Right. So like we knew that it was a great tool, but we still had to function without it. And then it wasn't until by the time we were in college where it was able to, you know, blow up to what it is now. But basically, I think that slow progression where it wasn't always like constantly in our lives, like gives you the perfect balance. I think of being able to know how to use it, like to your advantage, without like being completely like submitted in it where you can't function without it. And that whole like DIY aesthetic, I think from, like, combined with, like, art school, kind of, like, a postmodern, like, way of thinking put me, in like, in that position. And then also just, like, making music and making art that didn't have any representation, so you'd have to, like, reach out to your friends and then figure out, like, how, do you, how are you going to get, like, your stuff out? And we were seeing, like, other DIY venues, like, before us, like, doing it and seeing other DIY labels, you know, before us do it. So you kind of, like, have a foundation of how to do those things, so it made it a little bit easier for us, I guess, because I guess Chicago would have, like, a pretty big, large, at one point at least, DIY scene. Um, and then when I ran into, like, Adam and Daniel from Yawn, it only made sense, like, you know, we were friends already, like, you guys are making music, I'm making music, you're making art, and then we, you know, build a community from there, and then from there, it's, we knew how to do things already, it just seemed, it just came natural. I think, like, anything else, like, being a people person, being a musician, and or being naturally good at anything, like, just comes naturally, and when you work with the right people, you know, you get, you know, what we got now, which is awesome. And when you're in it for the right reasons, you're obviously not somebody who, like, like, you don't open field trip being like, we're going to get rich off this, man. Like, give us six months, and we're going to, like, have, you know, a reality show. We're going to be rich. We're going to be famous. Like, you were doing it for the right reasons. You were, like, fostering community, fostering, you know, like, 
local live music that maybe wasn't going to get as much of an outlet if you didn't kind of step up and, you know, facilitate that. Yeah, it is funny. Like, you run into people who you could tell automatically, like, they don't know what they're doing. They only know how to make money. You know, they're in it to make money, and they know how to exploit a scene. They know how to exploit someone's work and exploit someone's art. And to me, that like, there's, I forgot what the quote is, but I remember reading it somewhere. Someone said, like, you don't eat to take a shit. You eat because you're hungry. <laughs> and, like, to me, like, that's kind of, like, how I think art making is. Like, you make art because you want to, and no matter what you do, you're going to always do that forever. And if you want to support other artists, you're going to do that forever. And that's how everyone is, like, until you're dead. Like, the byproduct of making art and creating stuff for yourself is that, you know, you get accolades from people and maybe you get some money and maybe, maybe fucking fame, who knows? But that's basically like the shit part. Right. You know, you're doing it whether, I mean, did you know, I don't know how much, you know, like uh, on my end. So I worked at Q101 radio like 13 years and it was an amazing experience. It was great. I got nothing negative to say about it, but I also was doing dynasty podcasts on the side. I started this in like 2005. We just had our nine year. So when Q101 went off in 2011, that same week, that same weekend, I was still putting out content, still producing material, still doing local music coverage because I was like, oh, if I'm not going to get paid for it, uh, great, I'm going to keep doing it. You know, it didn't slow, it wasn't like, oh, check's gone, I'm, I'm done, see you guys later. You know, it's the same kind of thing where clearly you're in it not because of these superficial reasons that I think draw a lot of people to, like, quote, unquote, the music industry. Like, that's a thing anymore, you know? Um, I would love to at some point, and not even in this interview, man, but at some point host some kind of like live workshop with you, like focusing on how to do DIY. I think there's a lot of people who could benefit from that. Like get like you and Alex White and, you know, again, this is off topic, but just hearing you talk, I'm like, people should be hearing this. And you know, the podcast, but people should be seeing this live too, if you were down for that. I would totally be down for it. It's kind of funny because like right now I'm 29, or I just turned 30, Adam's like 27, we're all getting a little bit older, but... You know, it was just in the last two years that it really did pick up, you know, and people don't realize that a little bit. Like, we've been at it, like, you know, for so long. It's like you're at it for years and years and years, and nobody even realizes it. Like, if they would hear, like, or see the old stuff that we've done before, like, even old event posters, old records, any old recordings. Like, you know, we were at it for a while, and nobody cared, you know? Nobody listened, nobody didn't mean anything to anyone, and all of a sudden now it does. And it's still not that large of an audience, but it's it's good to see progress, you know, in that manner. Well, you know, you're established. Like I said, you're doing it for the right reasons. And when you don't care about those things that people get in it for the wrong reasons, and you just care about, you know, keeping going and continuing to to make, to connect, to engage, that's what keeps you in the conversation. And the longer you do it, the more you rise above. And then people are like, oh, yeah, Field Trip. Man, I haven't seen Field Trip's name for a long time now. Okay, Star Fox. I haven't seen Star Fox's name. And then, wow, the Orwells and Twin Peaks kind of like had their had their kind of break over here as well and, and yawn. And, yeah, and people start to like absorb that almost through osmosis where like by the time that you have been doing it for four, five, seven, ten years, people are like, oh, yeah, shit, okay, yeah, I, I totally know what you're doing. Has that kind of been the experience for you? Yeah, it is. Like some people know. It's one of those things where you know, like, you hear about something and you just go Wikipedia and then you realize, oh, look, how many people are connected to this? I've like, seen this dude in 14 movies. I had no idea. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's pretty much how it, a lot of the conversations are now when people meet me. They're like, hey, do you know about this person? Do you know about this person? Do you know about this person? And then they realize that, you know, it's, yeah, it's one sure. big connection from, like, 2000, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, the conversations now, the more and more you meet people, the more and more you get connected to people. You know, the more shows you do, the more you know, places you visit and meet new people, anything. 
that the conversation starts like that. Yeah, I mean, again, the people who are in it for the right reasons, who are in it for the long haul, they're the ones who stand out, who stand the test of time, and who are able to keep making really innovative things happen, man. So, um, you know, Via Fest is coming up. It's going to be happening October 1st through the 5th in Chicago. It's the first year in Chicago. Let's talk about your involvement with the festival. Kind of what do you have going on? How did you get roped in? Or kind of did you reach out to them? Or how did that happen? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how. <laughs> I, I remember a long time, maybe now, a couple of months ago, someone from Them Flavors was talking about, you know, they're going to do this Via Fest and do you want to play on it? And I said, yeah, like, for sure. And they told me the, who they already had booked. And then I think somebody emailed me. Maybe it might have been Boyan. Just like, oh, yeah, here's, you know, VFS, you're on it. You want, are you sure you want to do it? I'm like, yeah. Locked it in, and I saw the lineup. I was like, this, you know, this sounds really awesome. Like, this looks really interesting. And, you know, I'm a fan of everyone that's on it. So, sure. yeah. Other than that, like, it's probably the first I'm going to have, I think, let me see. I did a show with The Range, who was on my label, Donkey Pitch, mm-hmm. and I think I had two male body, amateur bodybuilders, like, <laughs> on the stage, and I had, like, a pizza box with, like, a something coming out of it. Basically, like, I'm going to have that set up, I think, at the show. Yeah, do something more live, yeah. and less of a DJ set. I've only done it a couple of times, but we'll see how it works out. Well, I dig it, man. Uh, you know, David Beltran, Field, uh, field Trip, uh, Star Fox... And also with Field Trip, man, you always have a lot going on. Uh, I want to continue this conversation. I really want to, like, before the end of this year, maybe, like, beginning of next year when it gets nice out again, let's do some kind of, like, DIY workshop, man, because I, I really feel like, you know, people know your name, people know your projects, but I think people should really hear what you have to say and about your story and how you've been able to do this. So if you were down, man, let's really totally make that happen. Totally down, yeah, for sure. I think it'd be awesome. It'd be a lot of fun. I dig it, man. Uh, what's the best um, avenues online for people to keep up with you, Star Fox, Field Trip, all the things you have going on? Uh, probably my Twitter. It's yeah. uh, always live. Young Star Fox is what it is right now. <laughs> Young Star Fox, man. Uh, I really dig this, David. Thanks so much, man, for taking some time. Long, long overdue for how long we've been seeing each other out in the community, man. And really, like, I'm really proud of everything you've been able to do, all the, you know, kind of community and engagement that you fostered and all the bands you've kind of like helped put out there, man. So really nice work for everything you've been doing. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, man. And also for you, like I've seen you out interviewing everyone all the time and always interviewing my friends. I saw you at South by Southwest actually and I stopped, I was waving at you, but you're so busy interviewing someone. Yeah. <laughs> I always hate when I hear that because I feel like an asshole. I'm like, oh, it's not it's not on purpose. I'm not like, but Star Fox, but don't don't make high yeah. No. So that's awesome. And next time, just feel free to come up and be like, hey, hey, hey. So um awesome, man. Well we'll do more cool stuff in the future. Keep up the good work, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs>